Welcome to Inside EcoDevo, a podcast giving you an inside look into the Missouri Department of Economic Development, where you'll hear directly from our team members and partners working on exciting initiatives that are helping Missourians prosper. On this episode, we're talking about federal initiatives team and everything that's been going on since the ARPA tours earlier this summer. Sitting down with us is the Director of Federal Initiatives, Kim Fromsdorf, and the Director of New Programs, Bradley Clark. Kim, Bradley, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Eric. We're excited. Thanks. Happy to have you guys here. I'm sure there's a lot to talk about because since the last time we spoke about federal initiatives was with the former director, Shad Burner, and a lot has happened since then. So I'm sure there's a lot of things to dive into. But first, Bradley, I want to throw a question to you. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe your position, Director of New Programs, is a new position. So can you tell us a little bit about that role and what kind of new programs are you guys looking for and handling and all that? Yeah, for sure. It, uh, it, it is a new role, and I'm excited and, and honored to, to get to serve in that capacity now. So the Director of New Programs, there's a couple of different functions that you can probably break it down into. And the first one and probably the most important one for federal initiatives is exploration of new programs and uh, different initiatives that the federal government has issued and that are currently available for us to take advantage of as a state. So there are lots of things out there. There are lots of opportunities that align up with, you know, the objectives and the goals of the department and what we're trying to do for the communities in the state of Missouri. So the primary function of the job would be that to try and find new opportunities to bring. But the other function of the job would be to manage some of the projects that are approved through legislation of that current fiscal year or prior fiscal years that were passed. And really those are just kind of one-off projects, I would say, that don't particularly fit in, you know, to like a category that exists right now with the department. So there are a lot of different things and they require a lot of different, you know, different kinds of reporting, different kinds of administration and things like that. So really it's just trying to, to streamline that process. And anytime we have those one-off projects that come our way, there's a step one and a step two and a place to be and a, and a place to go. So that way, you know, nothing ever gets, you know, lost in the mix or forgotten about. So that's kind of the two functions that you could break it down into. And I know you just said like the category is not anything set in stone there, but are there categories you guys have in mind? Are these categories similar to what's already being covered in ARPA, kind of that same road? Yeah, I think a, a lot of it, you know, the whole purpose of, of this is to help the communities and uh, make them benefit from the opportunity. And, and I think really whenever you start to look at, you know, what kind of opportunities they need, you really can hone in on what to look for in the future for those, those programs that would be beneficial. And we've got a couple, you know, going right now and, and just to briefly mention them and maybe we can hit on them later and get in a little bit more detail, but you know, we have critical minerals and we'll get into that. Like I said, later international flight program, which kind of the name beckons, what that's all about bringing a new international flight to our state and then some opportunities to maybe work with partners on some of the chips act funding, which chips act is stands for creating helpful incentives to produce semiconductors. And if you haven't read about semiconductors, they, they go on a lot of things uh, from cell phones to vehicles. So encourage anybody to research that. But those are the couple of the things, a couple of the areas that are kind of maybe newer, uh, not really done before that we're looking into trying to implement over the next couple of months. Okay. Sounds great. Question I'll throw to both of you guys, and this is just kind of a general, maybe not so much a question, maybe an observation or, or something of federal initiatives. I'd imagine the primary focus of your guys' jobs, your work, the team's work under federal initiatives 
is that awareness to communities and business that federal funding is available and helping that administration of those funds. I don't know because I've never applied for federal funding, but I would imagine if you don't know it's there and you don't know the ropes and all the ins and outs, it could be very daunting. So, I mean, I guess the observation I'm having here is federal initiatives, the primary goal is to assist those communities and businesses with acquiring that federal funding in the administration. Absolutely, Eric. Um, I think making sure that the rest of the team within DED is aware of different federal opportunities. We are actually getting ready to do some education with the regional engagement team so that when they're out in the communities talking to businesses and nonprofits and local governments, that they make sure that they're aware of what's going on with different federal initiatives and funding availability. And then also, you know, just working with those communities that we've already awarded to make sure that they can be successful going forward. At the top, I had mentioned, you know, we had previously talked to former director of federal initiative, Shad Burner. This was way back in episode two. That was almost like a year ago. <laughs> a lot of things have happened. A lot has happened in the exactly. last year. So break it down for us. What has been happening since the last, you know, that year or, or so and since the ARPA tours? What's going on in federal initiatives? Yeah, so I think... When Shad was here last, we were building programs, thinking about what was going to go into guidelines. We were talking to communities and different stakeholders to see what kind of programs were really going to align with what was needed in the different communities across the state. So since then, we have actually created all nine programs, launched all of them except for one, awarded over $500 million of funding through those programs to date, about 95% of of the $500 million in funding we had is awarded. And then we have one more program, like I said, that we're getting ready to launch. That's the International Flight Program. We're wrapping up reviews on the Cell Towers Program. But really, we're transitioning into this phase where we're working with all of the projects that we've awarded through the different programs to make sure that they understand different federal requirements, reporting, monitoring, things like that, disperse the funding to them through reimbursements, and just make sure that those projects that we've awarded are successful and and bring the jobs into the communities and, and help as many Missourians as possible. Bradley, you had mentioned the the flight program, and Kim, you just yeah. mentioned it again. Yeah. I think this is the first time I've heard about it. I don't think we've really kind of marketed that as of yet. Is that something you can go into more detail about and tell us more about this program? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's pretty exciting. It's not something you think it, you know you're gonna. Uh, get to work on whenever you, you think of economic development, but it certainly is a, a large part of it, trying to make sure that there are appropriate flights to get people traveling uh, where they need to go. So the International Flight Program, it's a minimum revenue guarantee program. So what that means is we're wanting to attract a flight and you know, come to, you know, some, to an airport in Missouri, an international flight. But sometimes it's hard to, whenever you introduce a new flight, to maintain that flight for, you know, there's kind of a two-year period, at least that when we research that whenever you start a flight, maybe there's not a lot of people that are on it initially, or maybe the demand's not exactly built up to the maximum potential it could have. So this is really a program to make sure they maintain the minimum revenue they need to keep that flight for at least the two years. 
that we have the program listed out for. So this is just to make sure they can maintain over that two-year period. And a lot of things that we'll look at whenever we're evaluating proposals that are sent in will be the sustainability of that flight after the two-year period that we're willing to do the minimum revenue guarantee for to ensure that that flight, if at all possible, could stay and that the demand would still be there and that the, the sustainability would stay that same level for the next couple of years. And I think something that's important to note about the international flight program is, is how it kind of ties back to economic development is that when we're looking to bring international businesses to the state and ask them to locate here, if there's a direct international flight to where their headquarters mm-hmm. location is, that's a real incentive for them to come to the state. There's not a lot of transfers and layovers. It, it just makes it a lot easier for their staff to be able to go back and forth if they need to as they're building up their business here in Missouri. So this past June, FI, also known as Federal Initiatives, goes by FI in here in house, wrapped up the ARPA Helping Missourians Prosper Tour. Now we've covered the stops individually back in episodes 21 and 22. So we don't really need to get into the individual stops, but I don't think we've really covered just kind of the the totality of it, the purpose of it, what what you guys gleaned from it. Was there any big takeaways from the tour? I was fortunate, you know, at the time to in my schedule to where I could make quite a few of the stops, just missed a couple. But it was a busy and exciting couple of weeks, I know, for the team. You know, you know, as you talked about in those episodes, it was everywhere from Maryville up north to Sykes to Missouri down in southeast. So there were a lot of stops and a lot of places. Really, I think the large overall purpose or, or goal, I guess you could say, with the tour was to plan a celebration for these awards, right? So th- there were a lot of proposals, a lot of applications that were submitted. It was very competitive, as everyone knows. So to get this award was a big deal. And a lot of the projects, the focus of the program was to ensure that the project itself that we were awarding was going to have a generational impact. And then it was going to be a, some sort of a catalyst for a positive change in their community. Whenever we made those visits, the key takeaway that I saw, you know, that kind of overarched over all of the stops that I was able to be a part of was that there were so many different kinds of community members, you know, children, business owners, elected officials, everyday citizens that showed up to all of them, no matter if it was a large city or if it was a small town. So you could really tell that the projects they were proposing and that were awarded were truly going to be a large, have a large impact on their community. And it was just fun to see, you know, everybody celebrating one thing and community members talking about, you know, how it was going to help either their business or it was going to help train the workforce in their area or for some other reason. But it was just all in all a really good time of celebration to to talk about their award and, and listen to how it's going to impact their community in the future. Yeah, and I would just add to that. It was an opportunity to see the importance of how that's going to impact those communities, like Brad said, and, and the individual people. We, we got to hear stories from different people that have participated in programs that are going to be expanded or ideas for new programs. And we had a lot of support across the state departments, from the legislators, from the governor's office, and, and within DED as well in building all of these programs and to see everybody come together and celebrate that and let the citizens of those communities know that we support them and what they're trying to do to improve quality of life there and bring in more businesses. 
Yeah, and then something that you just said that kind of, you know, made me remember, there was a big push. We got off that really busy time of creating the programs, like Kim said earlier, and launching them and scoring them and getting the awards out. And then we were pivoting at the time to where we are now, which is like the administration looking at different opportunities moving forward. It was a lot of work, you know, and I'm sure, you know, it was tiresome work putting in the long hours to try and get them all out in a timely manner. So it was important, I think, at least to me, it was great to see and get to experience the excitement that the communities were having at the time. It just really, it's a motivator for the team. And it was encouraged that, you know, I think across DED that at some point, make it a point if it fits in your schedule to go to a celebration. It helps with the morale, the motivation of continuing this next process of compliance and monitoring, which is not exactly glamorous to talk about, but it's necessary and for compliance with the program and regulations and things like that. So it was just neat. Yeah. It was really cool to to just be there. And it was, like I said, a huge motivator to keep moving forward. Absolutely. I mean, for a little perspective, this federal initiatives team has reviewed over 2,000 applications, just the applications, not additional supporting documents and, and things like that. And, and that's a lot of work. And we have this amazing team. I'm so proud to be part of this team, this the whole department, really. But everybody here cares about helping communities and businesses and everybody's very passionate about serving and so to be able to go out and see that impact is really important for the team. Yeah I was fortunate to go to every single stop all 12 and it was very interesting to see just the kind of gambit that they all ran from things like a fiber cable running down a road to a big logistics center and then just community development and all that stuff. But the the key thing that I saw in all of those was that community aspect. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And a lot of downtown like revitalization stuff, which several different community members in different areas all kind of said the same thing. Whereas if you got your downtown set up, people will come. So it was, it was really interesting and good to get out there. Like you said, to see the perspective and the impact of work. All the work that had, all the applications that were reviewed and whatnot, was there anything that lessons learned or things that we can go, hey, we can apply that to the upcoming stuff? Anything, any takeaways from there? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've learned a lot. I mean, you have to remember that Shad and, and leadership of DED had this vision of aligning these programs with communities and creating new programs that we didn't already have in our toolbox so that we could really meet those needs. And creating programs from scratch, you learn a lot through that process. And so as we've gone through, we've learned how to streamline some things and and hopefully we're more efficient than we were when we first started. Since the tour, we have rolled out a couple of different programs, the entertainment grant program, the nonprofit grant program. We're getting ready to roll out international flights. And then we also rolled out the cellular tower grant program. And so I think we've learned a lot about different processes and different things that we may need to request or learn about, you know, so that we're prepared to really evaluate those applications and make sure we're doing the most good. This was first time for me in the realm of creating a grant program. And it's with the timeline that you had, I what Kim mentioned earlier, figuring out what you can streamline. You're turning these around in a quick period of time because what was it, you know, just uh, a year ago, we hadn't launched hardly, we hadn't launched anything really, had we? Uh, workforce. workforce. We had launched Workforce at this point in time and maybe Broadband, but those were just, yeah, just so, launched. Right. So, I mean, whenever you start with programs, especially like with Broadband, such a large amount of money to be distributed there. 
something that Kim said that I was speaking about just a second ago, streamlining that process, because there's a date that all this has to be obligated to a project by, and there's a date that all this has to be spent by. So trying to ensure that there's enough time after the awards are made for them to complete their project and spend their money, that's something you have to think about whenever you're planning these grant programs and trying to get them published. So definitely trying to streamline that process. It was it was hard, a lot of lessons learned, but ultimately I think there are a ton of things moving forward for other grant programs that we've heard, you know, throughout the whole department that are going to benefit from that process and what we learned. Speaking of moving forward, I know we've kind of uh, mentioned some programs and we mentioned some programs that have already run its course. So just remind us what is currently active, what is currently in the works and is there going to be a tour for those? Currently, we are getting ready, like we said, to launch the International Flight Program. All of the other grant programs that we've created through the ARPA funding have closed. We are finishing up awards for the Entertainment Grant Program, the Nonprofit Grant Program, and then Cell Tower Programs. Those applications are under review and, and in the challenge process. So we do look forward to making those awards before the end of the year. So, I mean, really, in the next month, all of the programs will have launched and either be awarded on or on the way to being awarded. Yeah, so we'll be fully in grant uh, success mode. And we are looking at doing a second tour because that was so important to our team members and the communities we visited early in the planning stages. But we think we're going to focus on the new awards for the Community Revitalization Program Round 2 In our first round, we weren't able to allocate all of those funds to the north region of the state, and we really wanted to make sure we got those dollars to that region. So we held a second round of applications. We've just recently made those awards, and then, as I said, the nonprofit grant awards. So we're going to feature those different organizations and communities and and the good work that's going to come out of those projects. So we've been talking a lot of stuff about ARPA, and I think when people hear federal initiatives, especially around the office, you immediately think federal initiatives, ARPA, they're one and the same. But are there other things beyond ARPA that the FI team is working on and looking at, and maybe this is more in the realm of the new programs? (laughs) Yeah, outside of ARPA, of course, there are some that are still based through some ARPA money. Some of the new programs that aren't as natural or, you know, as similar to the other ARPA programs we've launched. I guess, you know, we've already talked about the International Flight Program and, and what that's going to do. But then critical minerals would be another one, I would say, that that's kind of newer and not as similar to the other programs. That's a $16 million grant, and that's to, to go to a state university to conduct a two-year study demonstrating Missouri's potential as a national leader in mining and refining those critical minerals that are essential to Missouri manufacturing and and creating creating those things. Also, a part of that program is a demonstration facility, which that'll be focused on generating those battery-ready materials and showing that they actually are, are capable of doing the work that they're being manufactured to do. So that's a newer one, and we're still continuing to work on that program, flesh through what applications would come in and things like that. And then there's other opportunities like with CHIPS Act. And like I said earlier, that's the Creating Helpful Incentives to Produce Semiconductors Act. And we're really looking at opportunities to try and maybe partner with other organizations that are going to apply for some of that money and and maybe potentially help them on their way to securing that funding in the future. But there will be more details to come on that as as we learn more about it and see who what players are going to be involved there on that stage. So we'll wait and see. But th- those are some of the newer opportunities outside of the the nine programs that Kim mentioned a while ago. 
And just out of curiosity, when you mention critical minerals, are there certain specific ones that, that are on that list? On the guidelines that we'll, we put out, there are an entire list. Uh, and I forget, it, it's escaping me, the department that they come from, but there's an entire list of critical minerals that would be considered a critical mineral that you can look at. The critical minerals, the batteries, the chips, they all kind of seem to kind of float in the same realm. You know, critical minerals are used in the chips and the Mm -hmm. battery technology and all that. So do all these kind of, is there an overlap there? Do they kind of intermingle in some way? Yeah, absolutely. And and Kim, feel free to jump in if I explain this wrong, but I'm continually learning more about these two new realms that we're jumping into here. But basically my, the understanding is that critical minerals, you know, you'll mine and refine and test the minerals in that demonstration facility that we talked about in that program. And then the next part of that is taking those materials and turning them into the semiconductor. So there are a lot of things that are probably in, in between the mining, refining, testing, and creating a semiconductor, but they do go hand in hand. And, and we're trying to figure out what Missouri's potential is to become that national leader. And then with the, the CHIPS Act, trying to find incentives or ways that we can help manufacturers come to Missouri to use those minerals that are mined to create semiconductors, all in that initiative to bring a company here to do that work, to make Missouri that leader that we were talking about. Yeah, and this is really the next phase in manufacturing. When you think about the surge in the number of electronic vehicles, creating those batteries to run those cars, I mean, there's a huge opportunity here, but the amount of critical minerals is limited. So, That's where kind of the importance of the critical minerals grant programs comes in is finding Mm -hmm. ways to extract those minerals in an efficient way and then apply new technology so that that we can be a player in the industry and bring new businesses to the state. As you guys know, the department's motto is helping Missourians prosper. So how does the work of federal initiatives help fulfill that motto? I think, you know, when we created these programs, we worked really closely with communities and different focus groups. We held surveys, all of those kinds of things to see what the need was. And and like I mentioned, we have this team that's really committed and passionate to helping those communities. And so we have these programs, we've awarded funds, and now our team is going to be working hand in hand with those communities and with those nonprofits and businesses to make sure that they're able to create new jobs and improve services in their communities through this wide array of different projects that we've funded so that we can really make communities a better place to live and and help individual Missourians improve their quality of life. I think what Kim mentioned there at the beginning is a huge part and something that I know there was a lot of uh, talk and praise about at the beginning. I remember whenever Shad started the, the webinars early on in the ARPA process, it started with a survey of what kind of programs would be beneficial. And then as they began, there were a lot of surveys, like Kim said, and town halls and listening sessions and Q&As about the programs and what would be beneficial. So There was a lot of time invested in these programs in the midst of creating the guidelines of hearing from the public about what would be beneficial, a beneficial way to run the program, things that needed to be eligible activities, things that things that would prohibit them if, you know, they weren't eligible. So a lot of time was taken into listening to the public and and what they wanted to see in the program. And I think ultimately that led to a lot of success. And, you know, you can't help unless you know where they need help. So uh, those listening sessions and surveys and comment periods were an integral process of helping get these programs to where they could help people in the communities. Yeah. And I think every person on this team 
has a service heart. Everybody, I know it's close to my heart. Um, I have a, a passion for community development and helping people improve their lives. And so I think, you know, that's just what we come to work looking to do every day, see how we can help a different community or a different nonprofit or bring new jobs to the state. I, I think that's the department as a whole. I can't think of any better way to end on that. That's a great way to sum it up there, Kim. (laughs) I know Federal Initiatives is super busy, so I appreciate you guys taking the time, sitting down and giving us all this information. Yeah, thanks for having us, Eric. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside EcoDevo. We have great episodes coming your way every two weeks, so be sure to subscribe. Also, we want to hear from you, our listeners. Tell us what economic development topics you want to hear more about. This helps us fulfill our motto of helping Missourians prosper by bringing content to our listeners that they want to hear. Leave a comment on an episode or send an email to ded.communications at ded.mo.gov and stay tuned for more Inside EcoDevo.